Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray, and I am flanked by some serious knowledge here. <laughs> Trip Eisenhower. Trip Eisenhower on my right. For those of you listening and not watching, uh, Brian Bateman on my left. Gentlemen, good to be with you. We're going to tee up a couple topics as we get set for the Players' Championship. A big event, not a major, unless you live no. in Ponte Vedra. No. But a big event nonetheless. 48 out of the top 50 in the world are going to be teeing it up on the new and improved stadium course, at TPC Sawgrass. So before we get started and in looking into individual players, give me one storyline that you're kind of looking for this week. Uh, well, the storyline is Sergio. Uh, I yeah. think that, that I know that involves a player, but you know he, he he gets rid of the 0 for 73 in majors and most top tens in majors in history. Finally, wins a major. We haven't seen him since then on a golf course that he has flourished on. Sergio's your headliner, but uh, the other thing is the, the changes, the, the 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 evolution of this golf course from when it when it was unveiled in 1980 or 81 in that time frame, and all the severity of that golf course that had to be shaved off of it and shaped around it been redone several times most notably uh the biggest one was 2006 to 2007 when they moved this tournament to may and this year some big changes to 12 and then some little changes to greens and areas around it so i definitely think uh those are the sub storylines if you will behind sergio but i'm looking forward to the 12th i think it's a, a adds a new aspect to the scoring in the back nine there um, the 11th always you can take advantage of, and of course 16, and then it was kind of hold on till the finish. 12 was a birdie opportunity, but now it's an eagle opportunity. So there could be a lot of fluctuations on that leaderboard late like we've seen over the years. Yeah, 12 is going to look a lot different. Six and seven, a couple other spots, I think there are some changes that maybe the players will notice more right. than the fans at home, but 12 is going to look a lot different. BB, what do you got? Well, speaking of course changes, you know, six and seven uh, go opposite direction six is par four and uh, seven's a par four and there's always been water left on both but now they've expanded that water and they've moved they've shifted the tee on seven over to the right which brings the water more into play makes it more of a dog leg right but i'm with trip i think the course changes you already have drama on the back nine at tpc sawgrass with the the chance for eagle on 11 the chance for eagle on 16 and then 17 and 18 obviously but now you now you sprinkle in the 12th possibly a drivable par four it's going to be interesting to see how the players attack this hole. You're going to have plenty of opportunity to be aggressive. But I don't know if there's going to be a lot of going for it early on in the round because there's still room to play conservative out to the right, and it still is a short par four as it's been all these years. That is true. We shall see. It adds another element. It it's going to depend on yeah. where they put the tee, I think especially Saturday, Sunday. But it's it's a fun wrinkle that, that they've added. So, Tripp, you say Sergio's the headliner. I say 
Don't tell that to Dustin Johnson. Uh, <laughs> world number one showed no signs of rust at the yeah. Wells Fargo Championship. Made the cut on the number. Still almost won the golf tournament. Yeah. Finished one shot behind Brian Harmon, who finally found a way to beat Dustin Johnson after three straight wins. But he's coming to the stadium course where he has not had a lot of success. Never been inside the top 20 at this tournament on this golf course. How do you see the week playing out, and what do you think it is about TPC Sawgrass that has really kind of hampered DJ over the last few years? Well, if you look at one aspect of this golf course, it kind of handcuffs the bombers, you know, the longer hitters. And DJ, now, this will be just about the second time he's played it with the fade that's a lot more accurate and his misses are a lot smaller. We'll see because he's driving the ball just beautifully. I mean, it's exceptional how he drives the golf ball. But, uh, you, you know, you look at uh, long hitters like Bubba Watson's never really played well here. And I think it's because a lot of the holes make them play to areas where the rest of the field plays from. Yeah. You know, I look at the fifth hole as an example of that. Bubba tries to take it on and get it way down there, and he hits it all over the place, and he makes doubles and triples on, on uh, five. Those are the type things that this golf course does. Uh, to kind of handcuff and make these longer hitters play from the same areas. It does present opportunities, though, for the longer hitters to take advantage of accurate driving and, of course, shorten the golf course quite a bit, as they always can. So I think that's the biggest thing for DJ. The other thing is his short game. His short game is phenomenal now. He's the best chipper on the PGA Tour. I keep talking about it. Nobody chips you it really closer. You really think he's the, he's the best chipper on the Tour? Just, uh, when you look at the stats... Proximity to the hole in scrambling, number one, Dustin Johnson. He's almost three feet closer than average when he misses a green. That's the best chipper on tour. That's not the best scrambler necessarily because Ricky Fowler's second in scrambling because he's such a great putter. He is a great chipper too, but statistically, I think the best chipper is the guy who chips it the closest, and that's Dustin Johnson right now. You can't argue with that. So I, I, I'm just impressed with his short game. And you know what? He, it was on display this last week in, in Wilmington. Dustin Johnson's kind of a, it's it's unusual have someone with his much talent. I think you make a good point about his length off the tee, how he's been handcuffed on this golf course. But I think TPC Sawgrass is a course whether you either love it as a player or you hate it as a player. Mm -hmm. And visually, sometimes you play a venue as a player and it just doesn't fit your eye. And he's his best finish is a tie for 28th in seven or eight starts at uh, at TPC Sawgrass at the Players. So it's interesting why he has not played well in the past. But I'm with Tripp. He's a totally different player now. With his short game, he's driving it as well as anyone, arguably maybe Sergio. But Dustin Johnson, I think this year is going to break through. And at least I think I'm going to go on the record and say he's going to finish better than tied for 28th, which is oh, his best finish. That's a big to yeah. go off. If you go out to Vegas, I don't think they're giving you an over-under prop yeah, on 27.5 for, for Dustin Johnson. Uh, I just think back to when he won at Oakmont. And everyone said, you know, this could be the floodgates. This could really do And here we sit, yeah. almost a year later, the floodgates have been uh, very much broken through, trying to become the first player in tour history to lead in driving distance and greens of regulation. You add yes. in the scrambling stuff. He, yeah. is, he is really the most well-rounded player and clearly – World number one. Uh, another guy that we want to talk about, world number two, might be having a little bit heavier left hand this year, playing as a married man for the first time. That's Rory McIlroy. Brian, what do you think about McIlroy coming back for his first start since, his, since he got married, first start since the Masters, on a course where he's had a very curious recent run, four straight top 12 finishes, basically without contending in any of them. He, he has been known to have, he'll put up a 42 for nine holes on somewhere Thursday to Saturday. He'll put in his 67-66 on Sunday and somehow wake up with a, with a tie for ninth. 
but it, it's a weird construct of, of being able to cash some big checks without ever really being in contention. Well, his perspective might be a little bit different this week, being a married man playing for the first time, but I don't think that's going to phase him. I, when I look at Rory at TPC Sawgrass, I think about him missing the cut the first three years that he played it. Mm -hmm. And he was pretty vocal about saying, you know, maybe this golf course doesn't fit his eye. And then he's finished top 12 in the last four years. So he's learned this golf course. Uh, I think now that the Masters is behind him, chasing the career Grand Slam, now he's looking forward to the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. This is a big week, big week for Rory. His golf game suits this, uh, his, this golf course suits his game to a tee. He drives it well. He can hit his irons way up in the air. The greens are going to be firm this week, and his putting has been improved, not as, not as much as it was last year when he struggled with his putter at times. But I think this is a good venue for him, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him holding the trophy on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, it is weird, though, how he's had these numbers of the you top look, 12. You look and, at it on and, paper, it's great. He's right there. And, and this is the trouble that Rory's had, why he has not had. To your point, he throws in a high number every now and then, like a, a high nine holes that just gets him out of being part of the story all the way through the week. Um, that will be the difference for me if Rory is to be part of the story and, and to win. He's certainly capable of winning. And see, this is the thing. We talk about Dustin Johnson. We compare him to Tiger Woods and all this stuff. And is he on that, that kind of run or level? And uh, the answer there is, is clearly he's coming close to it, but he hadn't done the longevity right, of right. Tiger. But, uh, you know, right now he is playing. The problem, the difference is uh, Tiger was so much better than everybody else, and DJ seems to be that guy other than Roy McIlroy. Mm -hmm. You know, he these two are on their games. I would say right now, if they're both on their games, this is going to be a thrilling, uh, you know, week. If that's the case, I think it could happen in a major this year where both these guys are on their game, going mano a mano. Okay. That would be fun. Rory needs to get rid of the big numbers and needs to putt better all the way through the week. Yeah. He has putted well in, in rounds, like round number one he putted well, putted poorly in round number three, and that's uh, the other reason. So it, to me, if he can putt as well as he did through the playoffs last year, and as well as he's putted really when he's played this year, um, after the rib injury, he's really been real close to kind of kicking it into that next gear, and I think this could start it this week. Now, before we move off Rory, some equipment news. There are multiple reports out there that say that he could be announced as soon as this week as having a full tailor-made bag. Mm -hmm. he's been, he was one of those Nike guys who kind of became a free agent in August when Nike exited the equipment space. He's been tinkering with some things. He put out a video over the weekend of him swinging what seemed to be a tailor-made driver. So I guess the question is twofold. One, what sort of impact do you see this potentially having on him, and what are your thoughts on the timing, given where we are in the golf season, about to really launch into high gear? Well, I mean, these, these are the best players in the world, and, and, and with in Rory's case specifically, changing equipment, he's put the time in. He's not going to go enter a tournament without being completely committed to what he's playing with. Yeah. And so if he decides this week that if, in fact, it does happen where he comes up with some new equipment, he's going to be fine with it. Uh, it's going to come down to execution, and I don't think the equipment's going to play a part in that. I think it's going to be more of decision-making and how well he's swinging the club right now. I don't think it's going to be equipment. Uh, well, the difference is, you know, if you go back to how, when he changed to Nike and everything and how he struggled, he's not changing the ball. the ball. He's yeah. not the ball. You, you, like, to your point, Brian, I guarantee in this time off, you know, after getting married and all that, he's been spending a lot of time with the equipment and that ball that he's been playing. So that's why the equipment will be much less of an issue than it was a couple of years ago when he made all that switch, because that's a lot. When you've got a new ball and equipment, that's really tough to adjust to, even for someone as talented as Rory. All right, Tripp, the appetizers are out of the way. We get to talk surgery. Ah, yes. Your main storyline, Mr. Garcia, yeah. stepping up to the first team. Maybe he'll hit his first shot wearing the green jacket. Who's to say? <laughs> but 
he is a major champion now. He's returning to a course, as you said, where he has had great success. Won in 2008, lost in the playoff in 2015. He's one of those guys, when you're plotting a year-long one-and-done, you, you usually mm -hmm. slot him for this event. He yep. has been rock-solid in the past at the stadium course. How do you see things going for the Masters champion this week? I think he's going to be part of the story yeah. all the way down to the end. And, and let's not forget, when Tiger won in a couple of years yes, ago, he was, right uh, he was right there till he splashed a couple on 17. So, um, you know, and, and of course the dust-up with uh, <laughs> with Sergio and Tiger, and that, that was interesting, uh, sideshow, if yes. you will. But I think he's going to be fine. Why? Because nobody drives it better right now than him statistically. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee. He's uh, up there in scoring. He's not solid with the putter, but he's putting much better since he switched to that TaylorMade model. Putted pretty well at Augusta. He, he putted well at Augusta. You can't win there without putting well. And he, other than 16 coming down the stretch, he putted brilliantly. The putt he made uh, for par at 13, the putt he made uh, at, on 15, that was impressive stuff. And those are the putts that we used to see Sergio miss in those situations, and he didn't. And he didn't let the, the missed putt on 16 affect him on 17 and 18. That's the other side of Sergio. I think he's part of the story because here's what he's able to do. And this is the, the conundrum that players face at, at uh, a Pete Dye golf course, but in particular TPC Sawgrass. If you challenge the trouble, it really opens up the second shot. If you play away from the trouble, you've got a much harder uh, second shot into the green. And there are a lot of countering holes here. What do I mean by that? There are a lot of holes that favor a left-to-right or right-to-left shot off the tee and a left-to-right shot into the green. Number two is a perfect example of that. Sergio's capable of hitting those shots. And that's why this golf course fits him and why it's so tough to pin down that it favors any one type players because there's so many holes that counter each other. So a fader can't go around there and play well or necessarily a, it's a ball striker that plays well there. And Sergio's a ball striker. Whew, that was, that was some yeah. scintillating stuff. All right. Good luck. Take it from there. <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't agree with Tripp more. I think the interesting part about Sergio this week was there was some sound that came out a couple of weeks after he won the Masters. And he said he was really looking forward to the Players' Championship and to this golf course. You cannot argue with the success he's had on this golf course. He drives it on a string. He can move his irons both ways. Putting can be spotty at times, but he knows these greens. Mm -hmm. His track record speaks for itself. But he's had plenty of time since Augusta. I know this is his first start since the Masters. To do all the hoopla, travel the world, take some time off, absorb all the attention. There's going to be a lot of traffic this week media-wise, obligations, so forth. But I think he's going to welcome that. I think this is the perfect venue for Sergio Garcia to make his uh, return to the PGA Tour as a Masters champion on a golf course that he's extremely comfortable. He's going to be playing well. We don't know how much he's practiced. That's the only thing, you know, competitively. But I think this is a perfect venue to, for Sergio to make his return as the Masters champion. I don't know if you could pick a better venue for him than TPC Sawgrass. As I said, I think this is it. When you look at the calendar, where do you think Sergio is going to play well? It's more often than not this week. Yep. So we shall see. Uh, how about let's turn things back to the American side of things. We talked about how curious Rory McIlroy's record is at this event. How about Jordan Spieth, fourth place in his tournament debut back in 2014, almost went 72 holes without making a single bogey that year that Martin Keimer won. Then he turns around the last two years and slams the trunk twice. So which way do you see things breaking this week for Jordan Spieth? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience on this golf course, but I don't think that's necessarily a factor for Jordan Spieth. He's a world-class player. But you're right. He finished, what, second three years ago, and then he's missed the cut the last two years. Uh, a, a, a golf course where length is not a huge factor, Yep. Because this trip alluded to earlier, how it's cutting the guys, the, the longer players off the tee, kind of cuts them off because it pinches in. So you have to, you know, 
Spieth can hit driver where these other longer players are hitting three wood. So length will not be a factor. I think for me it's all about uh, the putting for Jordan Spieth. How well does he convert the 15 to 20 footers, which we all know is what he did so well uh, last year and the year before. You're going to have a lot of those mid-range birdie putts at TPC Sawgrass because they can put the pins on the corners and you can't really shoot at the flag. You shoot at the, at the middle of the green a lot of times as a player. So I think it's going to all boil down to the putter for Jordan Spieth. You know, he's had a solid year. He won Pebble Beach back in February, uh, played well in New Orleans. But, you know, who's to say if, if the, the last two years of missed cuts here is going to carry over to this year? I, I think he's got the game to play well. It's just a matter of the short game and the putting for Jordan Spieth. I'll go the opposite end of the spectrum. I, I think it's the driver that's been holding him back here. Uh, the last two years, he's only hit 36 fairways. Uh, the last two years combined. Um, so he's not playing from the fairway quite uh, enough. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Spieth's not the longer hitter. But, and again, this golf course, if you're not positioning your tee shots correctly, it, it, the putty's not going to really matter because you're going to be scrambling. And, and that's what he's been doing. Um, the iron game is so much better. If he plays from the fairway this year, I think Jordan Spieth will be part of the story. He, he, you know, you look that's at, a big he, if on this course, though, as you said. Yeah, it is, yeah. but, but I, I think if his strategy would be get the ball in the fairway first, don't necessarily try to get it closer. I mean, hit, the, hit more three woods. Hit more irons off the tee on some of these holes. Which he can do on this golf course. Absolutely. It's not as much. It's, length is certainly mitigated here a little bit for that, for that um, type player, and I definitely think it's, it's the type thing where Jordan Spieth can do that. To me, if he plays from the fairway, the iron game is so solid. Week to week, I mean, his iron game is miles better than it was last year. And um, Jordan Spieth winning a Players' Championship, he'll win one of these four. It's all said and done. This is the year. If, if, if he does do it, it's because he played from the fairway more than he has the last two. Usually a good tip around the stadium course. Get your ball in play <laughs> off the tee and then figure it out from there. Yeah. That's easier said than done around these parts. Uh, who has a better week, 2015 Players' Champion Ricky Fowler or 2016 Players' Champion Jason Day? Ooh, that's easy. Apparently not. Oh, <laughs> Apparently not for him. Not. What's the easy answer, Trip? Ricky Fowler. Uh, really? You, you look at Ricky Fowler since he missed the cut, at, uh, and I know they were paired together at Zurich, and, and, they, and yeah. they missed the cut there, but since he missed the cut at Farmers, he's had in six tournaments he's had three top fives, including a win at Honda. He almost he had a chance to win Augusta National going into the last round, hitting 30 greens? I mean, that's how well this guy's scrambling and putting. You look at statistically how he stacks up there. He's second in scrambling and sand saves. Uh, he's fourth in putting. His iron game is, uh, I believe he's, no, he's sixth in putting and fourth in gaining strokes with his approach shot. So you look at all those things, and Ricky Fowler's just week-to-week -week consistent. The ball striking that was all over the place last year is really solid through all 72 holes, except for at Augusta. <laughs> the iron game, which I thought was going to get him um, you know, part of the story on, on Sunday. But the putting has just been exceptional. He's one of the best putters in the game, and uh, that's a, certainly a, a skill you'll need this week. Brian, I feel like it might not be as easy a choice for you. Well, I mean, I, I think Tripp makes a good point there, and I just keep going thinking about Jason Day, uh, your defending champ, but he's missed the cut every other year he's played. <laughs> so historically... No one's ever gone back-to-back -back at this tournament either. Right. Well, True. based on his record the yeah. last <laughs> five or six years, he's due for a, for a MC this week. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, he hasn't played a lot this year, Jason Day. You know, it only has eight starts. I know he played in New Orleans, uh, team format, kind of fun. But I don't know if he has enough reps to play this golf course well. I know, I know as the defending champ, he's got a lot of fresh memories from last year. But I'm, I'm with Tripp as well. I, Jason Day's putting has been lackluster mm -hmm. for his standards uh, compared to last year. Uh, and these greens are, are not the trickiest in the world. You have to put the ball in the right spots on the greens. 
but I just don't know if he has enough momentum. I, I think it's safe to say that that a top five player in the world as your defending champion for the for the players this week, there's never been a player more under the radar with those. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, with, with those. Uh, Credentials, with those yeah. credentials than Jason Day because what we just haven't seen a lot of him. I mean, he, he played well in, in, in Pebble Beach back in February. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot since. Played decent at Kapalua. We just haven't seen him in the moment making those clutch putts, using his short game that was unbelievable last year. Except for the ninth. Except for <laughs> <laughs> but made a great so, save. Made a great that save was, there. That was, that was that big. A lot of momentum way. right yeah. there. But one other thing I want to add about Jason Day is you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, he was the best putter by miles on tour last year, the first player to end the year gaining more than one stroke per round in the history since they've been keeping this stat. And you look at how well he putted outside of 15 feet. He was the best by miles. The thing is, his proximity numbers, this is the thing that I think hampers him here. His proximity numbers to the hole, when, even when he was number one in the world, he was 181st in proximity on the PGA Tour. How do you get to number one in the world being 181st in proximity? You make a lot of putts outside of 15 feet. You can't do that here. You've got to hit the ball close, and that's his, that's his thing. When he, His average game is not relying on really uh, hitting a lot of irons flag high, and you need to do that here. And his proximity numbers are really worse than they were when he was number one in the world this year. Combine that with poor putting statistically as well as visually, and we've seen him miss a lot of putts. Um, that's why I think it's an easy choice to go Ricky Fowler over Jason Day. I think the only thing in Jason Day's favor this week is his length off the tee. If he can corral his driver and find some fairways, he can take advantage of these par fives. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the 12th hole that obviously it's, it's 255 yards over the new bunker they put in front of 12. That's a three-wood for Jason Day. So there's plenty of birdie opportunities. On the other holes, where maybe if he's not swinging his best, he can dial back the driver, go to a long iron, go to some type of fairway wood, get the ball in play, take advantage of his irons, and then hope, as you said, make a few putts outside of 15 feet. All right, we will see. One of you is going to be right. That's all I know. <laughs> because we'll see how things go this week. Uh, is, any, is John Rahm ever going to slow down? No. 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 Certainly, maybe not this week, maybe not ever. Fourth place at Wells Fargo, almost won the golf tournament. I mean, he is, he is shattering uh, any sort of precedent in terms of a rise. I mean, he's, from still a, he's, he's a rookie. Well, he's rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, well, he's not eligible for rookie of the year. No, but, but he, did he no. play more than seven yeah, one they year? Call, they call him a first year player. It's, it's, is it really? Yeah, because I, th- I thought I, I thought he didn't play more. No, he than played. Seven. He, you know, he played more. So he's okay. out. It's not, no rookie. So someone else is going to get the, the okay. trophy that John, John Rahm is supposed to but, get. But here's yeah. the thing about John Rahm. We talked about this on, on Golf Central a couple of nights ago. Ryan Burr asked me over under how many majors does John Rahm win? Five is a number. Over under. Under. I said over. Are you kidding me? I said you're giving, over. You're, you're giving him Phil Mickelson's career right off he's the bat? He's 22 years old. He's at the top of the leaderboard every single week. I don't week. care. I don't care. A, a legit over-under for him is two and a half. And that's, an, that's a great career if you win three majors. You can't, you can't sit there and tell me that a five over-under is a legitimate discussion for any player I, that doesn't have four already. I think that the longevity, the longevity of his career, which is he's got 25 years, 20 years ahead of him, with his game, he has no weaknesses. Right, he's long off the tee. He has a golf swing that he owns. Right, not if he doesn't make any changes. His irons are on on point. He can move it both ways. He can flight it, and he's a good putter. He's playing every week on the PGA Tour this since he turned pro last summer. Every week he's seeing these golf courses for the first time, and he's on the first page of the leaderboard almost every single week. He's missed one cut as a pro in 19 starts or 18 starts. So. 
he may not be a rookie of, or eligible for rookie of the year, but he's seeing these courses for the first time. And yet, with all of this lack of knowledge for these different venues, he continues to push the envelope every single week and almost win. I just think that he's got the game that, that, that carries to major championships. He hasn't won one yet, has major championships, hard courses, easy courses, shooting 25 under to win or shooting 8 under to win. And so I just think John Rahm has an unbelievable career ahead. And I, I, would see, I would have no problem at all saying that I know it's rarefied air getting into 5 You're and 6. You're talking top 7. 10 all time. Yeah. Well, he's 22. I just think that's how much talent he has. I, I'll go. I'll, I won't go over five, but I'll take the line. If you if you set a line, you got to go five and a half or or four well, you, and a half. You know, and, yeah, I know. But I would I would take five. I I, I, agree, I, know, I, I agree with Brian in that. Look, his first Masters, he finished 27th, and don't forget into the third round, he was on the first page of the leaderboard. He stumbled a little bit after that. You know, the last 27 holes. That's good. I mean, you, you talk about that and, and just how he plays week to week, um, his game. I, I love everything about it. And here's the other thing that I like about it. He's mad he finished fourth yeah. at Wells Fargo, okay? He, he wants he, – he, when he gets done this year, he wants to win like Tiger did. He wants to win more than five times a year, every single year. And he, in his mind, will consider the year, even though he's already won on the PGA Tour and he's given himself chances uh, – in a lot of other tournaments, he'll consider unless I win, you know, five or more like Tiger. I mean, that's the bar he's looking at. So, Tiger's got 14. Who wins more majors, Rom or Jordan Spieth? Mm, Jordan Spieth. Hesitation we'll speaks volumes. Yeah, I, well, that's a good question. Um, it is a fair question. Uh, I, man, you, I think Jordan Spieth. All right. I no, think I'm going, I, no, where I would you go over there? I would go Spieth, I, but I... Because he's got two. He's got two. He's got a good head start, but... <laughs> Man, you guys are talking about if will he, you know, setting the bar at five puts him ahead of a guy like Ernie Els and puts him in a situation where if he gets there, he's in the discussion for top I, ten of all time. I, I like what I've seen out of him. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he'll win multiple majors. I'm not ready to shift the discussion to will he win over under five. But that's just me. We can have a separate John Rahm podcast afterwards. Maybe put a couple <laughs> cold beverages on tap and, and keep this thing going. But uh, They're under here. They're under there? Yeah. All right. You haven't had one yet? They're under the yeah. desk. <laughs> Uh, John Rahm, definitely not under the radar anymore, but no. give me one guy this week who you think is under the radar <laughs> and can contend. Brian, it's you win the coin flip. You go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I think Tripp and I both agree. It's Kevin Kisner. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to him last week uh, before New Orleans, and he was excited. He was disappointed in how he finished at Hilton Head, uh, was excited about New Orleans, missed the cut last week at, at, uh, at Eagle Point. But he just has the game, and he has the mentality. He has the, he has the moxie, if you will. He, he drives it well. He, he's got a great iron game. Uh, if the conditions get a little bit out of whack, he can flight the ball with his irons. His strength is his putting. He hasn't, he's been a little sporadic with his putter this year, but he's had a solid year. He finished second to the, in the playoff a, a few years ago with, with Ricky Fowler and Sergio, so he likes his golf course. Um, I think he's, if you say he's under the radar, I don't think, I think he's on more people's radar now yeah. than he was six months ago, but I would have to say Kevin Kisner this week. And, and, and I agree with you. Kevin Kisner's my first under-the-radar player. Number two is Paul Casey. Obviously, yeah. I uh, took Paul words Casey. out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. okay, because I, I think Paul Casey is doing everything but win on the PGA Tour. He's playing fantastic. You know, struggled with a 75 in his um, in one of his rounds this last week at Wells Fargo, but still had a top uh, 15 finish, yeah. I believe. So, uh, iron game, check mark. He's got, he's got the confidence now. He's done everything, but went hard to believe it's been since 2009, yeah. and he's only won once on the PGA Does Tour. Does he putt well enough? 
to contend I, this week. Yeah, because yeah, he yes. puts well enough to contend at Augusta, and he puts well enough to contend everywhere else. He has he has played well enough to have won multiple golf tournaments in yes. the last three or four years. He just hasn't done it. I'm with Trip. Paul Casey's going to win a big tournament, maybe a major, sometime very soon. If you make a list of most talented players with only one PGA Tour win, after you move past Brian Bateman, then I think <laughs> you are right there. And Paul Casey's got to be Paul right, right at the top of your, of your list. I mean, it's, yeah. it's remarkable what he's done. And I do think that even though he's inside the top 20 in the world, he still holds that under oh, the radar. No one's, no one's talking about yeah. this guy. And he has played some really good golf over the last you couple years. You just made your own point. Yeah. There you go. That's what Will Gray does best. Yeah. Uh, also, another one to remember, uh, Martin Keimer, 2014 Keimer, winner. I, that, always, yeah. He's always one that kind of yep. floats in and out here. Yep. We talk about ball strikers and, and, and the Streaky. Pete Dye course. He's a guy that can... Can shape the ball, even though the draw got him in trouble to guess the national. But he has played played pretty well at this course. We we started uh, at the top talking about this. I want to get more thoughts. Just these course changes. How do you feel like things are going to change with the twelfth hole? I'm not sure that I buy that it's really drivable. I like my drivable holes to have a hazard that you can carry and get past it. The way they've got this thing shaped, that water on the left of the green is always going to be there, no matter how hard or how far you hit your your tee shot. But we are going to see eagles. We're going to see guys play this hole more aggressively than we did before when it was a blind shot with a wedge over some dunes. So what are your thoughts on the new and improved? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you Did you have to carry a hazard. I, the 15th at, at TPC River Highlands is absolutely a beautiful uh, hole. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that hole. Or, or 14th, excuse me. Uh, no, I think you're right. 15th. Yeah. 15. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. if you look, I saw, uh, I think uh, Matt Janelle had this on Twitter last week, that uh, the overheads of 15 at River Highlands and 12 very similar. at and, and, and set up a very and, similar hole. I mean, when you stand on the tee on that hole, we can get three woods there as yeah. players. I mean, and I think this is going to be the case this week. You can see some of the longer hitters maybe getting there with a, with a four wood or a hybrid. Um, they'll definitely be able to get there with three woods, but it's wrought with danger around the green. You miss that green at River Highlands to the right, and you can't you can't get it up and down. I mean, it, it's really hard. And then um, that's what I think we're going to see here. And and I love it because I love short par fours in back nines of tournaments yep. to allow the eagle opportunities. You know, twelve was always a birdieable hole, um, but now it will be more birdied than ever mm -hmm. and throw in some eagles. And late in this tournament, I, I do you, I, you I can, disagree you can, with Brian. I think more people are going to give it a go. Uh, just because it's so tempting. It's so short. You could realistically see guys go eagle-eagle on yes. 11 and 12, which I can't think of any other course in the PGA Tour where you have two holes that present some legitimate eagle opportunities back-to-back, -back, especially on the back nine. Yeah. Well, one thing about the 12th is if you've, if you've seen it, it, there's a pot bunker that's pin high right, okay? And they've shaved all that around the pot bunker. I thought they were going to let the gra grass grow and have a longer rough around that area. So if you did miss it to the right, you could get the club under the ball and get it up in the air. Well, it's going to be tightly mown around that bunker, and it's elevated, so everything slopes away. And then left of the green going toward the water is all shaved down. And that's why I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's not only a drivable hole like 15 at, at River Highlands, where you can kind of run it up the front and, and maybe get a hot, low, long iron or three with it. Here, you've got to play either over that bunker that's short of the green at, at 12 at Sawgrass, or you've got to go around that bunker. And it's so, it, if, it, if the fairways are running fast this week, mm -hmm. you can hit a perfectly placed three wood over that bunker if in fact you can carry it and get one small kick to the left and it's going to percolate over to the left hand side and go in the water. That's why I think it might take a couple of days for players to figure out a strategy on the 12th hole. I still think you're going to see players go out to the right and have a 70 or 80 yard pitch shot to a fairly flat green. Then you're going to see players trying to bomb it off the tee because right. the shorter players 
it's different for a, for a Jason Day who hits or a Dustin Johnson hits it sky high can hit a, a hybrid or a three wood over for the Jordan Spieths of the world and the and the players that don't carry it as far in the air they're going to have to hit driver and it's you're threading the needle because there's not a lot of room short of the green on the 12th but I'm with you when else do you see back to back holes in a major championship type venue like TPC Sawgrass where you have an opportunity for eagles on back to back holes then you've got a Grab your bootstraps and, and survive 13, <laughs> 14, 15. And then you get back on And then the you board. got back on kind of on par with, with Put 16. the bootstraps back yeah. on. <laughs> 17, 18. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. I agree with you. I think we're going to see a lot more of guys kind of laid out there 50, 60 yards. But I do think if, if I'm running things in Ponte Vedra, I'm taking one day, probably Saturday, and I'm moving that tee 30 yards up. And I'm basically forcing these guys to take a shot at it, even if they're going Why not do that Sunday? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like they make it. Saturday's the day that you see a lot of those tees move up. I look, think the U.S. Open and, yeah. and stuff like that. You let them, let them make their move on moving day, and then Sunday you put it back and give it a tough pin on the back left and, and see what happens. Well, the but. thing about that hole also, Will, they, they do have some new options off the mm-hmm. tee for the yardage, but if the tee is too far back, then it's only going to favor a certain percentage right. of the field that can even fly the bunker and have a chance to get home into. So I, I think they're going to play it toward the middle when they set up that hole, at least giving – just about every player in the field the chance or the opportunity to drive the green. Otherwise, you're eliminating three-quarters of the field that can't carry the hazard or can't carry the bunker and are going to be forced to lay up to the right. It'll be interesting to see how they set that hole up as a four-day play But at 255 from the back tee, everybody can carry that bunker. Everybody on tour can carry it. Depending on the wind. Depending yeah. on the wind. All right, two quick ones before we let you go. Give me a top ten player who's going to miss the cut. Uh, top ten player that's going to miss the cut. Brian, you go first. Top I ten-ish. Think Top 10-ish. It's a big, give me a big name. I'll throw one. I think Justin Rose is going to miss the cut. Wow. I think, I think Justin Rose does not, his record is not as good here as you would think it is. And I, I could see him struggling with this course and, and maybe heading home early. I'm going to say Patrick Reed. Okay. Just because of his, 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 his so loose off the tee right now. His iron play has been sporadic at best. And his putting is just kind of hit and miss right now. I just, he hasn't, he hasn't shown me anything that, 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 Looks like he's going to play this golf course very well. Trip alluded to it earlier. You get in the rough here, and it's almost impossible to control your iron shots. I don't think he's driving it well enough. I know he's, what, 15th in the world, so he's not That's fine. literally a top-10 guy. But I'm going to say Patrick Reed. Trip? Major champion I've got in ride. And uh, you know what? He'll probably prove me wrong and win because he's capable of winning here. I'm talking about Henrik Stinson. Did you couch that? Henrik Stinson. No, nah, it seems like, you know, I think Henrik Stinson has not been in form at all. Uh, has not been playing well. Didn't play well in them missing the cut at Zurich. Um, I, I think he'll be playing from the fairway, right. but uh, the problems start for him from there. He's just not hitting the irons as well as he it, um, has been in the past or as consistently well as he has in the past, and he is definitely not chipping and putting very well. We see it every year. There's a couple big names. It's going to yep. happen to someone. Someone's yep. going to head home early. Last one before we go. Over under 38.5 total number of balls in the water on 17. For the week? For the week. I don't have I haven't looked at the... 10-day forecast. I don't it's know going to be hot. It might rain. There's a little wind, not, not a lot of crazy wind. So you're so looking, you're looking about LSU math. Divide that you're looking by about four, 10, nine 12, 12 a day? for Thursday, Friday, and then maybe fewer on the fewer days on the, on the weekend. I say the under. Okay. Because uh, if the conditions are as you say they will be, if the wind is not going to be crazy, first of all, you got obviously full field the first two days. The guys that make the cut are going to be playing better than the other half that, that went home early. Uh, I'll, I'll take the under. I, I think with no win, it's, it's a 150, 145-yard shot. Yeah. It's a solid nine iron. I say under. 
we're hearing uh, in my ear 10 to 14 mile an hour winds expected. So it's yeah. about a one club. It can it can gust. It's up. not as big. when they played this in May. Uh, excuse March. me, March. Yeah. Uh, those were when those winds would get swirling. <laughs> See the and, that go oh the yeah, that that was you, you saw a lot more carnage there. Uh, I agree with Brian. I think it's going to be less, but only slightly less. Because most of the bald carnage is going to happen on Thursday and Friday, not always, as much on Saturday. Always, always still some carnage yeah. on the 17th at TBC Sawgrass. Trip Eisenhower, Brian Bateman, thank you much for joining us. This has been fun. Keep it locked to GolfChannel.com all week long for news and updates from the Players' Championship. I'm your host, Will Gray, and we will see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.